1: Welcome to another edition of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL Show. He is RJ Ochoa. I am Rob Stats Guerrero. Before we get started, I want to remind you that the SB Nation NFL Show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you may have heard. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. What's up, RJ?
2: Nothing stats. I was just signing up at DraftKings Sportsbook using code SBNNFL. Uh, very special and particular code, so I wasn't listening to anything you said. Uh, incidentally, it's great to be with you. It's great to be alive. Great to have football in our lives. The weather feels fantastic outside. Finally starting to get legitimately cool. The great fall foods are passing through. We're getting closer to some of those like, cooler foods. Hold oh. on.
1: What what do you mean the weather's getting colder? You live in Texas. What do you know about the fall? It is getting it's getting cooler. That's I didn't say cold. I said it's getting cooler.
2: At this exact Um, moment, what's the temperature? You really want to know, like you really want the exact temperature? I don't think you're gonna be pleased. It's gonna upset you. What's the exact it's 64 degrees outside?
1: It's 50 here. Shut up. You don't know anything about the fall. Well,
2: you know what? It feels cool. It's getting close to the point where I can wear a hoodie and not feel, you know, stifled by the humidity or the heat. So um, are you are you at the point where you're wearing jackets every time you go outside?
1: Yes. Yes, RJ, because it's almost November. And here in Connecticut, in the Northeast, that's what you do in the fall. You put on a jacket. I know you think that's like quaint here. but We have a (laughs) whole other wardrobe that we begin to roll out. Your whole wardrobe is like polos and ponchos. I don't know um you um
2: <laughs> you do have some flannel on today is, that I do. For, is, is is that geared for the weather like are you like yeah you know, I gotta stay warm I need the thickness here associated with the yeah. flannel
1: oh yeah you gotta prepare man I hate be. I'm always cold anyway so like you've seen me I do shows with blankets on me and stuff like oh no, yeah flannel all the way Yeah, uh, Stats
2: Voldemort, uh, certainly. But, um, okay, I have two questions for you, Stats. The first, I've been asking everybody here on the NFL show, what is your go-to Halloween candy?
1: Man, to give out or to receive? Ooh, both. That's a good question. Okay, well, um, to receive, I like Snickers. I'm a Snickers fan. Snickers and Butterfinger are my two. Good. You saved yourself on the Butterfinger, so well done. Okay. To give out. I go with uh, Starburst because I do worry about allergies and stuff and at least with Starburst like wow. you don't have to worry about that. Look at you. That is heads up. What a seasoned dad move <laughs>
2: right there. I was actually going to say the best thing to give out is the little little bags of M&Ms. You know, talk about, like the bag that fits in the palm of your hand because that's like it's an enjoyable, it's a slow no, grind. That's what no. you know, what I like. But Starburst that's that's a good Good thought. Uh, My second question is, are you willing to admit that you were wrong? About? Well, you you and I came on here on The Look Ahead, the best show that the SB Nation NFL show has to offer, tied with Monday Football Monday, of course. Um, And you trashed Jamar Chase. You said, oh, he can't even see the ball. It doesn't have the lines that it did in college. How silly. You were the only person who expressed any sort of doubt or hysteria about this particular statement from Jamar Chase. Well, stats, those people who choose to leave reviews on the ESPN NFL show do get them read a lot. We are legally, I haven't checked on our contracts, but I think we are legally obligated to read all of the reviews. We have one from High Fives Only, incidentally a five-star review, titled Jamar Chase, and it reads as follows. How do we know Jamar Chase wasn't trolling with the lines on the ball response to the preseason drops? Since you were the person who decided to foolishly lay yourself out in the name of making fun of Jamar Chase stats, how do you feel? Do you think he maybe
1: was trolling and then you got bit by it? I think the words you're searching for are thank you, Bengals fans, because obviously I have motivated Jamar Chase to figure out how to catch the football, and he is doing it at an historic level. So you're welcome, everybody. I'm just here to solve problems. That's all.
2: Here to solve problems, here to provide delightful treats in a way that isn't going to compromise any immunodeficiencies or allergies that you may or
1: may not be aware of well let me just say if you come to the guerrera household on halloween you will be getting a full-size candy bar i do not give out those ridiculous quote-unquote fun-size candies Uh... you come to my house you make the effort spread the word around the neighborhood and i think word's starting to get around a little bit you come here you get the regular size candy bars.
2: You know who I could see you being as well, Stats be besides the supremely detailed person who cares about the health <laughs> and well-being of, of children in your neighborhood and community? I could see you being the, like, ooh, what are you dressed as and, like, super entertaining and, yep. like, you're a scary mummy. You're a beautiful princess. I could totally see you entertaining the children that way. If, they, if any
1: children are listening to the show, you know, make sure you subscribe. Leave a rating, write a review there as well. There you go. So here's the thing. I always used to tell people I am a good person. I am not a nice person, ah, but debatable. I have to say since becoming a parent, like I am totally the guy I'm into the Halloween Halloween's my favorite holiday anyway. So when the kids come to the door, like I love it, I totally play it up. Like, you know, if they're a ghostbuster, I ask them about ghosts. Like you get, you get a little, Who are you going yeah. to call my house. It's interesting.
2: Something that I'm now starting to think about, uh, my wife and I are expecting our first child late January, early February, right in the uh, moments that the Cowboys will be prepping for Super Bowl 56, obviously, um, is if if parents are out trick-or-treating, which is something you plan on doing, obviously, at what point are you home to hand out the candy? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be in both places at once.
1: Yeah, but my kids are so young. My oldest is seven, my daughter is only like 19 months so she's gonna be like two houses and done but we're gonna be done by you know it's only gonna take like 45 minutes to do the whole neighborhood so we're good so you're saying you go do it and then you get home you lock down watch the cowboys
2: beat the vikings on Sunday night football and pass out the candy at the intermittent doorbell that is exactly what I'm gonna be doing Okay. What are the kids going as?
1: Since we're this deep into the subject, <laughs> well, <we're, laughs> my son is going to be a mummy, and uh, homemade. I, I knew I
2: had mummy on the brain from somewhere
1: uh, in in a past conversation this week. Okay. Yeah, homemade costume on that one, so I think he's going to be a little disappointed. And my daughter, whose name is Diana, is going as Wonder Woman. Look at that! Look See? at you, Stats. You're just what? What are you going as? You gotta. You can't just walk around. You know. You know, I I do love to dress up, but I just I have absolutely nothing. I could always do the. Uh, clark kent which is super easy because i have a bunch of superman t-shirts so throw a white dress shirt on over the superman t-shirt throw some glasses on i'm clark kent there you go here's
2: here's what you do stats you go get a green cap and you just draw on your finger and you're luigi that's what you do You, you draw a mustache and you hold your finger up you know what i'm saying and so you're luigi why would i be luigi because you're tall. You're taller than Mario. Because I'm tall? Anyone be, tall you, you, has, to, you, you, has to be... Dikembe has to no, be Luigi but for all you of can't, you can't. Mario and Luigi have been on my mind lately. Uh, the new Mario Party comes out this week. And so, you know, you can't be Mario. You're too tall to be Mario. So you're Luigi by
1: default. It's better than than waluigi for being honest (laughs) luigi's better anyway i always thought that anyway if you are new to the show and you're still with us after that halloween divergence uh we take deep dives into the biggest games of the week and then we hit every single other game in the lightning round and for the first time in a long time rj we actually start with thursday night football do you know that this is the best Thursday night football matchup in terms of combined winning percentage this late in the season in the history of Thursday night football, which goes all the way back to 2006 in case anybody is unaware, uh,
2: back when it was only on NFL network and that was a big old, you know, Big old deal. Um, I did not know that it was the best in terms of what you just outlined, but I am kind of bummed because some of the juice was lost. And this was something that Benjamin Solak mentioned to you guys on the odd earlier in the week. I thought he put it really well in his guest appearance. The reason that the podcast was awesome this week. Um, and that I have been looking forward to this game for the Cardinals. I, I want to, I want to be able to say it. they're legit. I want to be able to say they took down the Packers and all their strength. Now I can buy into their undefeated record. Now we're talking the morning after the news about JJ Watts shoulder surgery. Seems like he might miss the rest of the season. I haven't quite decided the impact that I feel like that is going to have on this Cardinals team. I still, despite the fact that Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard are out, I have been burned way too many times in my own personal and professional life by Aaron Rodgers. I'm not betting against Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I don't believe in the Cardinals enough to bet against that inevitability um and so I think Aaron Rodgers wins six and a half I'll take it I'll feel great about that and I think the Packers win beyond cover
1: see this is the luxury that you have when your team is quarterbacked by an elite first ballot no doubt hall of famer right just like Jimmy Garoppolo for sure that's why this is coming into my head. Like it's such a luxury like, you don't have to have everything be perfect. You don't have to have your roster at full strength all the time. The Packers are going to this game. No Devontae Adams, no Lazard against an undefeated team on the road. And if the Packers won, you'd be like, yeah, I could see that. You could only entertain that thought when you have a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers. He is absolutely that good. I think that the Packers are still going to win this game. And it's just, like, just enjoy it, Packer fans. I don't know what's going to happen beyond this season. Who knows? But, like, don't take that for granted. The fact that you have a good chance to win this game when you're missing what you're missing. No defensive coordinator, to P.S. Like, it's unbelievable. It's
2: stupid um, and dumb <laughs> and stupid uh, but that's that's who they are dude and I also I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game from the Packers perspective as well um, look they're elite I'm not gonna pretend that they're not but You and I said a few weeks ago, in fact, I actually said that they would get to six and one after they showed up against the Detroit Lions and your San Francisco 49ers. And they were two and one. We looked at their next four games and said, those are a bunch of tomato cans. Pittsburgh Steelers at the time, Cincinnati somewhat looked like a tomato can. Now, granted, Green Bay barely won that game. The Chicago Bears, who Aaron Rodgers owns and the Washington football team. There's no competition, and I feel like that's kind of been the case. I feel like the NFC teams, all of the contenders, and it feels like there are certainly more in the NFC than there are the AFC, have just kind of had the luxury of, of playing, I don't want to say bad teams. I'm not trying to say that none of these teams are real, but you could you could pick apart the schedules to this point for each of the contenders, and you could look at their losses. I think you can explain away the the, the Cowboys' losses to the Buccaneers. Okay, that makes sense. The Bucks' losses to the Rams. Okay, that makes sense. The Rams losses to the Cardinals. Okay. That makes sense. The Packers are the only one that has the weird loss to the saints who it's kind of hard to buy in on, especially from my friend, Rob stats, Guerrero. So um, this is a, it it doesn't have the juice. I thought it or wanted it to, but uh, it is kind of a show me
1: who you really are getting for both green Bay and Arizona. Yeah. For Arizona. Like if you want the top seed in the conference, this is a game you win, you know, like this is how you get that. It's not, you don't just beat the bunnies on your schedule. You beat the good teams too. And it'll be a nice test for them because I still think, I can't remember if there's a team that's been undefeated for this long, RJ, that really hasn't been embraced universally. I have one for you.
2: I got one. Okay. Do you remember remember in, I believe it was 2013 when the Denver Broncos were like, everybody's like, they're the best team in the AFC West, but the Chiefs were still undefeated. And it was kind, of, even even got to like eleven and zero, I think. Is that the Alex Smith Chiefs? Yeah, and it was just kind of like nobody really bought it. Like they they kept, and you know, you have the people that are like, "How can you knock what the Chiefs are doing? They're they're undefeated. They're blah blah." And it's like, I don't know, man. Like I, you know, they they didn't have it, and it was really obvious they didn't have it. And that, I feel like that's kind of the case with the the Cardinals this year. Like, yes, they're undefeated, but do do you think that they really have it? Uh, no,
1: I don't. <laughs> To be honest with you, and I hate to say that, like, because it sounds like oh, the 49ers guy just hating on the Cardinals. It's not to say that they are a bad team or a paper tiger or anything like that. It's just I don't look at them as overwhelmingly the best team in the NFL. I I really don't. I would take the Chargers over them, I think I would take the Buccaneers over them. Like, there's a couple teams I think I would put there, but they haven't lost. And so let's show me something tonight, Arizona. Let's see it. Let's see you go out against an elite quarterback. Same thing to you, Kyler Murray, like knock this guy down here. And I don't want to hear any of those passing of the torch s- stories that people like to say when two great quarterbacks match up, but like knock Aaron Rodgers down a peg. Let's see it um, not to brag about myself and my own, you know,
2: vast amount of NFL history that exists in my brain, but it was the 2013 Kansas City Chiefs. They got to nine and zero, and they lost to the Denver Broncos. Actually, I remember that game it was on Sunday Night Football, and that was coming off of their bye week. Uh, that they lost. So their perfect 9-0 record blemished by that particular loss. Um, I have one final question for you on this game stats. Do you think that we will see more J.J. Watt on the broadcast than we have <sighs> seen on average Russell Wilson over the last two Seahawks games?
1: Mm, no, we're going to see a lot of J.J. Watt though. Uh, and there's already people tweeting like, oh, we've seen J.J. Watt make miraculous recoveries before. Maybe, he- okay, Maybe he's just broken down now like do, I hate to say you, it but... do you think this
2: is a, a notable injury for them like it's notable but like do you think it's like like there are injuries that it's like up oh, season's done like yeah they'll they'll be a playoff team but like that's it like that, their, their ceiling has been lowered. like has their ceiling no. really been
1: impacted no, it hurts for sure. I know just from experience, he wrecked the 49ers that game that they played earlier this year. He was a huge part of their win, but I don't think it was like their whole defense orbits around J.J. Watt. It certainly he's nice to have. But look, when you got your quarterback and your quarterback is playing at an elite level, like we just talked about, you can sustain all this stuff. Obviously, it doesn't feel good and you wish he was out there, but like, they'll be fine. I don't look now and say like, oh, the NFC West is wide open. You know, none of that.
2: As somebody who does have a vast and supreme amount of NFL history, I will say that I am partly rooting for the Green Bay Packers tonight. I never want anybody to ever touch the 1972 Miami Dolphins. I, I love when that ends. I love the story. I love, I love the, like, you know, cheers to another one thing that happens there. <laughs> I just, I love it. I So, you know what, Packers? Go preserve NFL history. I'm all about that. Let's get it done tonight.
1: I love that the Dolphins do that. Every time the last undefeated, undefeated team falls, they all get together. Anybody that's that's around and available from that 72 team, they pop the champagne. They celebrate and they should be proud of it. Why the hell not? Like that's an amazing accomplishment. Good for you. There's nothing that exists for one team in super in in NFL history. Nothing. Like there
2: are t- there are multiple teams that have won Super Bowls, that have dominated in Super Bowls, that have been the one seed that have had the MVP, that have had rushing leaders or whatever. Like but yep. there's only one undefeated team. That is super cool.
1: You do you Miami dolphins. All right, let's move on to the next game on our list. And that would be Pittsburgh going to Cleveland. RJ it's the Browns are favored by three and a half. I just want to know, like, when did this all of a sudden switch to a game that the Browns should win? uh when the Steelers were awful this year like i don't <laughs> i don't
2: believe in the Steelers team at all dude i mean not even a little bit i i've never really understood the phrase i don't trust like that person as far as i can throw them i don't i don't understand the phrase in general like i don't understand what that means cuz you can't throw somebody very far but you still trust them even less than that First of all, speak for yourself. I could throw somebody <laughs> really far. Uh, but second of all, again, like I don't measure trust and distance, like physical distance like this. It doesn't, but whatever. Um, anyway, the Steelers, the last time we saw them wasn't exactly a game that, you know, gave us a lot of trust. It was that Sunday night game that went down to the wire that TJ Watt won for them uh, against Geno Smith. I mean, like it took, you know, a Super Saiyan moment from their best player to beat Geno Smith. Seattle Seahawks which is a difficult sentence to say several times in a row I've just realized this so dude I don't believe in them I, I don't believe at all in the Pittsburgh Steelers I think they're going to lose this game I, I think they're going to lose I've been saying this for all season long I think they're going to lose and collapse Mike Tomlin's pissed off about the USC job I mean like I think Mike Tomlin's awesome but I man, didn't he, understand
1: that like, I, I do think it's weird. It's like, dude, like, like your name's just being connected. Like, it's right. Not, like, you know, he was specifically mentioned. It wasn't like people came to him out of the blue. That was my only gripe with it. And and he got upset with the reporters when they weren't the ones who threw
2: his name out. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's that's the part that I like. If you're going to be upset with somebody, fine, be upset, but be upset with the, you know, the source of it. Don't be upset with the messenger. Like, they're just asking you because that's their job. Yeah, but but he's awesome totally maintain that but man this they have a ceiling a very 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 low ceiling because of ben roethlisberger i just don't see it i i don't see it at all the browns are a little bit more of a resilient team I know they're beat up i know they have a lot going on right now but at the very end of the day their floor is like equal to pittsburgh ceiling and that's why i think look three and a half dude this is easy money three and a half i'll take cleveland all
1: day long couple of things one you agree i want to know what i, I want to know what's going on with baker mayfield like baker maybe you should just be hurt for a couple of weeks you know like he's he's got the torn labrum and he's got the fracture in the shoulder now he's saying he's gonna try and go out there like maybe just take a week or two and rest because here's the thing rj the browns can't have one of those bad baker appearances right where he just goes out and blows up like we've seen it this year where he for whatever reason, like he, he can come out and throw three picks on three straight possessions. Like they need to win this game. It's a division game. And I know case Keenum is nothing special, but I don't know. Like I think Baker might just need to take a week and, and heal up a little bit. Cause we can't have him. If you're a Cleveland go out and just totally tank your chances of winning the game. Cleveland is an interesting stretch. They get the win over Denver. They've got
2: Pittsburgh. Then they're at Cincinnati. I mean, and I I do wonder, I do because the Browns have kind of like call it arrived or whatever. They they've they've had their moment. They're a legit force in the division, right? Like you know, they're, they're, it's no longer this like upward rise. Like you're here, you're you're in contention. And so I do wonder if they're looking past this Pittsburgh game to a degree. Like you know what this. This Pittsburgh team, I listen to the look ahead. I they're trash. I know that because <laughs> RJ has been telling me forever. I mean, so you know, the real test is on the road next week against Cincinnati. We want to go beat beat the Kings of the AFC North and beat the Kings ourselves. Uh, but still, dude. I mean, like I agree with you. Like, there's some some weird vibes when it comes to the Browns, but they are not the Steelers. The Steelers have one of the worst set of vibes. And what do you trust besides TJ Watt? So like, TJ Watt carries the is is amazing, but he cannot impact the game in a massive way. I mean, granted, he did win the game for Pittsburgh, but my my point is like, Cleveland has that same sort of factor on defense as well. I mean, so let's not forget or mitigate that. And I just I just trust this. This, this isn't a game about who I trust more; it's who I trust less. And I trust Ben Roethlisberger less than anything associated with this game.
1: And I know that Mike Tomlin has never finished with a losing record, and that's he should be very proud of that. But when we talk about paper tigers. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? They beat Buffalo in week one. That's a nice win. They barely beat them. that was Buffalo losing more than anything else, but agree. But their other wins are the Broncos. And you mentioned it, the Geno Smith-led Seahawks in overtime. And when they've played anybody good, they've lost. They lost to Vegas. They lost to Cincinnati. They lost to Green Bay. I know we don't like to think of the Pittsburgh Steelers as paper tigers, but are they? Yes. That's literally what I've
2: been saying for the last 10 minutes. That's have you been here? Have you been have you been listening? <laughs> they suck, dude. And they're gonna I don't think they're gonna get blown out. But like this is gonna this is one of those things because you're right. Like people don't want to acknowledge it where the broadcast is gonna be like, you know, this this isn't Pittsburgh football. You know, my this my, Mike Tomlin's – and I think Mike Tomlin is an amazing coach, but I think he's limited by by what he has to work with. I I've said this several times, and you and I were talking about it offline about the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the latest teams who tried to run it back and you cannot run it back. You just can't. You, you cannot recreate who you were last year, the year before, et cetera. It will come back to haunt you and that is going to happen to Pittsburgh, ironically, on Halloween.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's move on now to our next game that we're going to take a deep dive on. That would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to the Big Easy to take on the Saints. The Saints are getting five and a half points in this one. New Orleans is coming off a nice win for them, a, a big win in Seattle. I know it was Geno Smith, but the Saints really needed that win. And... I don't know. Like this whole Jameis Winston thing. He's got 14 total touchdowns this year, RJ. Four turnovers only. Now it doesn't count some of the turnover worthy plays that he has made. But like maybe New Orleans is sort of getting their stuff together now. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's you saying that. Not the Saints hating yeah, me.
2: I look, I you hate the Saints and, and it is what it is. Again, they barely beat the Geno Smith led seahawks i mean i almost said jets wow um i I mean dude i the the saints are very very strange in that they can kind of they're they're like that team that rides the mechanical bull you know what i'm saying and it's like okay fine you know but they're gonna get bucked off like i they just they don't i'm you know not to pull the curtain back too much I when you said you know this was uh a a game that was like of interest this week i was like what like the, (laughs) the bucks are gonna blow them out dude like the the bucks have maybe the best offense in the nfl the saints have a really strong defense but they cannot as soon as the bucks put up 20 like can Jameis put up 20 points do you have any faith in that that alone
1: yes he can he can also throw four interceptions while he does it though um That's the thing with him. You never really know what you're going to get. But if he is, he's going to have to get better on third down. They were just two of 13 on third down. And that was against the crappy Seahawks defense. Obviously much tougher in Tampa Bay. But like, that's the thing with Jameis. He can do literally anything out there. He could have a game where he throws four touchdowns and is dropping bombs all over the field. Or he could have a game where he throws four picks. Like the variance between him game to game is massive.
2: Do you think Mark Ingram plays a factor at all? this week. Uh, is he going to play? I don't know. So Is he an emotional lightning rod for the team? I mean, is there anything involved here with Mark Ingram that you feel?
1: No, the ghost of Mark Ingram is not going to do much for the saints this year. I'm sorry. His ancient bones are not going to lift them to a deep playoff run.
2: Um, I, I don't think this is going to be close. I know. And I know that people kind of like want it to be, because it's boring how teams are running away with divisions in the NFC. So it would be, interesting and you know fun if the nfc south was somewhat up for grabs and i know this is the first game that the, the buccaneers lost in the tom brady era last year at the Superdome, et etc but nah, nah ain't happening
1: and i know that we're all tired of hearing it but i'm just pointing out tom brady 21 touchdown passes leading the nfl passing yardage over 2200 passing yardage leading the nfl like damn man every time we think we're done with this guy he just continues and not just to play well to dominate he's dominating right now rj
2: what will last longer tom brady at an mvp level or the fast and furious
1: franchise god <laughs> i don't know man the fast and the furious like they keep making those movies forever it, you know what the last fast and the furious movie will have a tom brady cameo and that's how you will know that it's over that's the actual like ride off into the sunset. I like that. Mm. Interesting. I have never seen a single Fast and the Furious That's TV a lie. TV, that, by that's the way. no way that's true. Nope. Never seen them. I don't know what they're about. I honestly I've that's, never seen that a is a lie. One. I don't know what they're about. Stats, come on. Dude, are they thieves? Like what do they do in these
2: cars? Um at times do they just drive around. I've only seen three of them to be i I've seen and the three I've seen are the first three, just so you are aware. It's the Fast and the Furious, the first mm-hmm. one. The second one, Amazing Name, Too, too fast, fast, Too Furious. furious. Yep. And the third one, Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Those are the only three I've seen. How many more are there after that? Like four? I think that there are nine total. I'm actually going to look this up. How did The uh, Rock get involved? That's what I don't understand. I mean, how did he not? Um, it's really <laughs> a, a good question. How could he not, rather? Um, okay, so I'm looking this up here. There is. Uh, so those are the first three. Then after that, so the first one stats was called the fast and the furious. The fourth one was literally just called fast and furious. And it wasn't the word. And it was the like swoopy sign. Ampersand. Um, That's called an ampersand. A swoopy sign is cooler. Uh, the <laughs> fifth one was called fast five. The sixth one was called fast with the ampersand and furious was just with the number six. Number seven was called furious seven. Number eight. Check this out. Stats was called the fate of the furious the fate of the fast nobody gives a crap about but the fate of the furious is important and we have to figure it out the ninth one uh which is set to premiere this summer oh i bet you anything stats in during the super bowl we're gonna get a fast and furious trailer that's like super predictable uh coming out or no came out this past summer my bad uh was f9 um but so forget everything i just said and then part one of the untitled 10th film (laughs) premieres in 2023 and then part two in 2024, there was also, I should mention, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. So altogether, there have technically been nine films under this umbrella.
1: Let me just say, today. I hope they're a lot more interesting than you reading that list. That was, I guarantee you, somebody laughed. That's all I make.
2: I just want to improve people's days. I, I, what I care at my core is for people to be
1: happy. Clearly, you don't share that same concern. No. What did I tell you before? I'm a good person, I'm not a nice person. Mm. This is no, a actually example. what you
2: said is I'm a good person, I'm not a great person was your
1: exact verbiage.
2: No, I didn't. it's pretty embarrassing you can we could literally check the tape and I promise you that's exactly what
1: you said. I disagree because I've said it many times before. All right, let's move on to our final deep dive of the oh! week. I know you're very excited because your Dallas Cowboys are playing on Sunday night football. They are heading to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. The Vikings are getting No, hold on a second. Yeah, that's second mistake favored? in a row. Nope, The not. Vikings are favored in this game? They're not. Uh, the
2: person who put this together, I really hate to call him out, uh, you know, had a typo here. And yep, so, I mistyped so,
1: the spread. <laughs> I was
2: going to say. Good person, not a great person, clearly not an accurate
1: person, also not a, a nice person. I'm a great typist. Say that. Uh, but, uh, yes. I was going to say, that makes a hell of a lot, because I was about to run to DraftKings and, and place my bet. The Cowboys are giving two and a half points to the Minnesota Vikings. Dallas should win this game, R.J., but I will say, with Minnesota, they have shown, if you are not on your stuff, if you don't have your eyes dotted and your T's crossed, they're going to beat you.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, this is actually a game, as the Cowboys have won five games in a row, something that doesn't get old. I should mention again, in case anybody's unclear, the Dallas Cowboys are winners of five in a row. As this run has been going on, which is almost close to uh, the Fast and Furious franchise run, um, <laughs> I have said... Watch out for that Vikings game. You know, we in various shows we've done at Blog on the Boys, everybody should check out blog of the boys.com, Block on the Boys Podcast Network, Block on the Boys YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we have asked the question stats because this is the hubris, and you you know this well as somebody who had a lot of it, uh, certainly over the summer, as we all had our various takes about different things. Um, you get it, you get to a place where you're in a winning streak where you say, When's the next time we're gonna lose? You know, what what's the what's the next loss? And you get a lot of cowboys homers who who just look at the schedule, and you know this feeling win, 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 we're gonna win. that we're not we're not losing to them. win. And I will say after this week, the cowboys get the Broncos and the Falcons, which look like two easy wins. But for a while, I have said, watch out for that Vikings team. That Vikings team is not as bad as you think they are. When they were 0-2, you and I were basically the only people who came to their defense. They should have very well beat the Cincinnati Bengals in week one, if not for the weird Dalvin Cook fumble. They should have beaten the Arizona Cardinals in week two. They had the game-winning field goal attempt that obviously didn't go in. I mean, they are not your average 3-3 and team. Kirk Cousins is a very memeable, jokeable quarterback that a lot of people love to bag on and make fun of. He is efficient i'm not like it, it turned this is what this turns into if you if your take is not kirk cousins sucks and is a loser then you are made out to be this person who thinks he's the best quarterback of all time no there's there's a there's a happy medium here where you can acknowledge that yes kirk cousins is often turnover prone but he is one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the nfl by a lot of measurements epa etc and so This this is a Cowboys defense stats that is very opportunistic, that has had a lot of turnovers, but Mm -hmm. in a weird, amazing, fortuitous way has kind of willed them into existence at the right time. I've told you before, week one, I know the Cowboys lost, but the only reason that game was close was because DeMonte Kazee forced a Chris Godwin fumble at the goal line late in that game. I mean, if that's a touchdown, that's not a close game. The same player, DeMonte Kazee, picked off Justin Herbert in the end zone the following week against the Chargers. <laughs> that, the Cowboys won that game by three points. The Trayvon Diggs picked six against Mac Jones. I mean, Massive. you know, I know there, there was a lot of things that happened after that, but that, I mean, again, really sort of turned that game around. And so... I, at a certain point that theoretically that luck would dry out and you wouldn't get those turnovers in the exact moment that you need them. Like they've been able to do. And at the end of the day, you do still have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and an insane offense. And so you do trust that, but this Vikings team could be a team that catches the Cowboys. I don't want to say asleep at the wheel, whatever. I should mention that both teams are not only coming off of their buys stats, but both the Cowboys and Vikings are coming off of their buys, coming off of games that they both won in overtime on walk-off touchdowns. The Cowboys against the Patriots, the Vikings against the Panthers. Uh, they played last year when they were both coming off of their buy in Minnesota where this game's taken place. Mike McCarthy smashed some watermelons, and the rest is history. I, I
1: will take the Cowboys but
2: I feel a lot less comfortable than I have certainly over the last couple of months
1: I want to see what happens if this game is close at the end and the reason I bring that up is because Kirk Cousins gets a lot of criticism because people say oh he's not clutch he falls apart in prime time he falls apart in crucial moments this year RJ I don't think people realize how good Kirk Cousins has been at the end of games in week one he takes the team 60 yards in a minute and 47 seconds to get the tying field goal in the fourth quarter. And then, like you said, Davin Cook fumbles in overtime, but they're in position to win. In week two against Arizona, he goes 58 yards in two minutes and three seconds. They missed what would have been the game-winning field goal. They beat Seattle in week three. He was not good against Cleveland in week four. I agree. And they, they beat fi- Seattle, not Geno Smith. Seattle. Right. They, they beat, beat Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, Wilson Seattle. Right. Seattle. Week five against Detroit. He goes 46 yards in 37 seconds for the game-winning field goal. And week six against Carolina, 46 yards in 42 seconds. They miss a game-winning field goal. And then in overtime, he throws the game-winning touchdown pass. Like Kirk Cousins has been money when they need to drive down the field at the end of the game this year. He's been awesome at it.
2: You know, I think the Detroit game might be the most impressive one for them, like in terms of. Assessing the resilience or the clutchness of Kirk Cousins, because while that wasn't a great game for the Vikings, if if people forget, because this is what happens in the NFL, like, oh, you you absorb every bit of information for a week and then the new week happens and you just forget everything happened that was a really ugly game, but the lions went down and scored and Dan Campbell went for the win, went for two when an extra point would have tied it and got it and gave the lions a one point lead to your point with 37 seconds left or whatever it was 40 seconds. And so, I mean, Minnesota gets punched in the mouth with under a minute left and Kirk cousins gets them in the field goal range, gets the win. Uh, unfortunate for the lions, which is why, you know, no spoilers. I hear, I think the, the lions do win this week, but, um, Yeah, man. I mean, he's Kirk cousins again people love to make their jokes and bag on him, et cetera. He is very, very, very good. And so I think he's somebody, you know, people talk about primetime. One of Kirk's only wins in primetime came on Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys two years ago in 2019. Now, what I will say about that game that I'm actually, you know, something that we've talked about at Blog on the Voice coming into this one, Dak Prescott, the final moments of that game led a wonderful drive Was seven of seven on that drive. and The Cowboys got to the goal line. They needed a touchdown and they turtled up. They handed the ball off to Zeke Elliott twice in a row ruined their opportunity at scoring it really did feel like that drive could have been yeah I, I know I'm not trying to play revisionist history but that could have been like an MVP moment for Dak Prescott well all I'm saying, Dak was flawless on that drive. And then the Cowboys took it out of his hands. And they've learned, <laughs> they've learned a lot because they're a different coaching staff. And so I'm anxious to see – you mentioned, like, I want to see, you know, what the game looks like if it comes down to Kirk Cousins. I want to see what it comes down if if it comes down to Dak Prescott. I mean, this is, this is not Jason Garrett's Dallas Cowboys, and we're learning that more and more
1: week by week. What is up with Dak? Is everything okay there? He's getting MRIs. Is he going to play here? he's good I know that it's uh always an interesting
2: storyline you know whenever there's somebody like this uh, a high profile player but Dak had the calf injury against the New England Patriots he's fine I wouldn't be like it wouldn't be the most stunning thing in the world to me if he didn't play but I I would be relatively shocked if he does not play on Sunday night he
1: wouldn't be the most stunning thing in the world but you would still be shocked if he doesn't play
2: yeah like on a on a one to ten scale it would be like a seven for me if he didn't play I mean and I think that that makes sense because like you can see it right like it it was less than two weeks ago that the calf strain technically happened um and and he's been very optimistic and confident Uh, every, every one of his teammates coaching staff Mike McCarthy is not exactly you know tipping his hand which is kind of the Mike McCarthy way one thing I will say stats just to squeeze in here about the Cowboys is Lyle Collins is back for them. Their right tackle is back from his five game suspension that was handed down after the season opener. And Lyle Collins missed all of last year. For the Cowboys, because he showed up to camp out of shape. And so that is the entire Mike McCarthy tenure as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And he was really good for them in 2019, the last full season that he played. Well, the Cowboys had their first practice on Wednesday, the day before you and I are recording this, streaming this. And he was not automatically the team starting right tackle. Now, you can say this is ceremonial and just like a matter of like, you know, public, we're going to make you earn your job back. But that is a law. I mentioned this is not Jason Garrett's Dallas Cowboys team. Consider that that 2019 season, the last one Lyle Collins played, the Cowboys allowed Jason Witten to return to the team after a complete year away in retirement and from day one regain his starting position on the team. Now, Jason Witten's going to be a Hall of Famer someday, and you can make an argument that, you know, that made sense or whatever. But I really applaud Mike McCarthy for saying, you know what, Lyle? you've proven to be really untrustworthy. You showed up out of shape. You got suspended. You tried to bribe the, the drug <laughs> test collector. I mean, I, excuse me for not automatically handing you your starting position back when Terrence Steele, who's played right tackle in his absence, has, is an undrafted free agent from last year who has worked his tail off to get to this point. I, I like that, and, and I'm not saying that this is something that no coach has ever done, but it is a stark difference from
1: who Jason Garrett was to who Mike McCarthy is. Wow congrats Mike McCarthy for not being Jason Garrett as a head coach That is that is what the bar is (laughs) to be (laughs) very clear
2: And if you endured 10 years of Jason Garrett you would be thrilled if somebody wasn't him as well
1: Now that I totally understand all right RJ we have made our deep dives So there's only one thing left to do in today's show you know what it is (laughs) The week 8 lightning round The The lightning lightning round All right, let's get it started. Carolina goes to Atlanta. The Falcons are giving three points. They've won three of four. RJ's Arthur Smith, like, starting to get it together for Atlanta. He is uh,
2: because they're playing some really bad teams. And the Carolina (laughs) Panthers are a really bad team. Uh, The Panthers are frauds, big time, capital F, frauds. Not about this. Bad vibes. Falcons, Dirty Birds. The only Atlanta victory that will happen over the course of the next week, by the way, when it comes to their professional sports teams.
1: Should the Panthers go with P.J. Walker? Instead of Sam Darnold. Why
2: not? I mean, like, I'm not, right? I'm not like a, I'm not a PJ Walker truth or anything, but why not? I mean, Sam,
1: Sam ain't it. Mm-mm. Exactly. Miami goes to Buffalo. The spread is Buffalo by 13 and a half. RJ good luck Tua.
2: uh, Tua had the awful quote that was heard around the NFL world on Wednesday, not <laughs> awful for him, but, uh, what was it? I, uh, I don't was asked... feel not wanted. Or no! It was I don't not feel wanted. That's what okay. it was. Uh, the double negative, uh, not a good sign. Uh, so um, I w- Buffalo coming off their bye. The last time they played this team, I know Tua didn't or was knocked out, and Jacoby Brissett came in. I mean, by the way, not a fan of of you know division rivals getting both their games out of the way before Halloween or before yeah, November. Uh, don't like this, but um, but yeah, Buffalo thirteen is not enough. I mean, I'll take that all day long.
1: San Francisco is in Chicago. The Bears are getting three and a half points, which is stunning to me, RJ. I believe this is the last game that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start as 49ers quarterback, which is a nice little bow because this first game he started as a 49ers quarterback also came in Chicago, where you may have heard he is from
2: interesting correlation between the 49ers and the bears when it comes to backup quarterbacks and kind of mystique because correct me if i'm wrong colin kaepernick's first start for the 49ers was a Monday correct. night game against the chicago bears so you know it's i love when teams are kind of interlinked in that weird way you're right obviously obviously it's from chicago we had talked in the offseason this might be trey lance versus justin fields we're halfway home uh justin Fields said earlier this week I, I really want Justin Fields to be awesome, but he said, i I, it, I just feel it. I know we're gonna go, I'm gonna go off or something like that. And it's like, dude, you can say that. and like if it if if that happens, it will be like, he called it. you know what I mean? And if, <laughs> and if it doesn't, nobody will ever care about that quote. But I will say stats two things. One, it does feel very Kyle Shanahany this year for this to be like the game for him to be like the antidote to Justin Fields going off while he's benching Trey Lance, like the poetry of that just kind of writes itself. That being said, I know you're down on them. I know you're not picking the 49ers for a long time. I know your Twitter profile avatar picture is changed in protest.
1: I will take the 49ers because the
2: Bears are that bad as much as I want Justin Fields to be good.
1: Nope. I think Fields is going to go off in this game. Just like you said, I think he has a massive chip on his shoulder because I really believe that Justin Fields thought he was going to be the 49ers quarterback and when they picked at three. And the 49ers do the two things you can't do and win football games. They don't force turnovers and they give the ball away constantly. They also make up for that by getting defensive pass interference. Every time the other team throws deep, the bears are winning this game. I have learned from hard experience, RJ. There is no bottom to losing next up. The Eagles are in Detroit. Detroit is getting three and a half points. If there was ever a game that Dan Campbell was going to win, I think it might be this one.
2: Now, everybody from the 313, throw your – I'm not going to say that because, you know, family show around here. Mother loving uh, hands up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the 313, baby. This is it. Dan Quinn, man, I – or not Dan Quinn. I do love Dan Quinn. But Dan, <laughs> Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell uh, I, he just – this is such low-hanging fruit and such a, you know, an outsider take but he just seems like such a, a joy to play for. And and I know that they're losing, but I loved last week. I loved how he said, this one's for Jared Goff. Like, we we are going to sell out for our guy, even though he's not even, like, their guy. You know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> right. that's that's an incredible, like, asset that he has in his wheelhouse. I... I I've said forever in my life, if you can get 53 dudes to believe the sky is orange, you can get them to believe anything. And the sky is orange in Detroit. When you kind of like the 49ers Bears thing. like, you can kind of see the the narrative and the story arc of, of this, you know, this, this story happening in the season, you can really see this like being what breaks the Eagles. I mean, and like, you know, bleeding green nation and Philly, you know, media, like really freaking out. Like we were the first loss of the lions right. and you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, and this could, you mentioned Jimmy Grapp. This might be Jalen Hurts' last start as, as the Eagles yes. quarterback if the Lions come out, when the Lions come out and win.
1: Let me just say I was so proud of Dan Campbell last week because I think that's how he needs to play every game. Onside kick to start the game fake punts that's what you have to do especially when you're the lesser team and let's face it detroit's going to be the lesser team in every game they play you have to play like that you have nothing to lose all you're going to lose the game maybe but like you're probably going to lose anyway so just go for it i think it's more fun for the players anyway i hope he keeps it up uh i think i'm going to take the lions i'll take the points in the lions in that one
2: i'm totally with you dan campbell get it done dan quinn get it done too but dan campbell in this case There
1: you go. Tennessee travels to Indianapolis. The Colts are favored by one and a half. I don't care that Indianapolis just won, RJ. They stink. Carson Wentz never should have been in that game. He was literally throwing passes that were bouncing off 49ers defensive backs. Tennessee seems to be getting their stuff together now with wins over Buffalo and Kansas City. I will take the Titans all day, especially getting points.
2: I think it's very Carson wentz that the, like, signature moment of that win for them, which is kind of their signature win of the season, was the touchdown late to Michael Pittman. That should have been a pick.
1: Should have um, been a pick. <laughs> Patrick I, is standing right there, and he instead yeah. of making a play on the ball, he decides not, to not even jump.
2: I, I don't understand that. So, like, that's my point. Like, the best moment from the best game this season for the yeah. Colts, like, is was only made possible because a defender utterly literally collapsed um so yeah dude i i would love for the colts to be competitive from a you know cowboys standpoint i want to see them i want to see that first round pick move as far back as possible if Philly's gonna get I, it would be great if they could win the afc south this would go a long way towards that but i just have a hard time believing that mike Vrabel's squad despite the fact that they lost the jets is gonna destroy kansas city after beating
1: buffalo and then lose to carson wentz it ain't happening yeah, I don't think so either. Cincinnati is in New York to play the Jets. The Jets are getting 10 and a half points. No Zach Wilson in this game. Not that it really matters. All i say for Cincinnati, don't have your letdown game, right? You're coming off the big win against the Ravens. You have Cleveland next week. Just handle your business. They will. I mean, the Bengals have have reached that point where we can trust them. Uh, They're very exciting.
2: They're very fun. I don't like some of their uniform combinations, but I do like some of the other ones. It's a very complicated thing for me. Uh, Mike White is starting this game for the New York Jets. Who? Have we had him on this show? I I don't even know. Uh, We have not. Uh, He was a fifth-round draft pick of the Dallas Cowboys not too long ago in
1: 2018. Uh, Things are obviously going great for gangrene. This is a, a bigger
2: question, but in a long term question, maybe an offseason question. Did Robert Sala make a mistake choosing the Jets? Assuming he had a choice because he kind of was in the running for the Detroit job as well. I've, no. I've, I've
1: posited this question before. I don't think so, because he's, Dude, that t- culture
2: so difficult to overcome.
1: Yeah, but you know what? He's he's found his quarterback. He thinks he's got some extra first round picks coming up. Thank you, Jamal Adams. You know the first year I never hold against anybody. Like it can go bad. You know, you're still trying to build up your team here. I think it's fine. I think that I know it's hard for jet fans to be patient because they've been bad for so long, but I think you got to give it a little time there in New York, Uh, in Houston, the Texans are going to play host to the Rams. The Rams are giving 14 points in this game. I don't think it's going to be enough. If you're LA to get in and get out, and don't get anybody hurt. Take out your guys as soon as you possibly can, and you can easily beat the Texans. Cooper Cup is so incredible. I mean, he he is
2: stupid. He, they uh, they've played seven games this season. In four of them, he has had multiple touchdowns. I mean, you said it on the podcast this week. It's amazing how Matthew Stafford has elevated him from like a really good receiver to an elite receiver. And so I I mean, it it I mean it's the Texans, dude. I mean, the Texans are so obviously having a fire sale too. I, I wonder if like, if they're, if they're not reaching the point, like Brandon Cooks was really upset about the Mark Ingram trade. Like, I wonder if they're not reaching that point where, like you mentioned the Lions, like the Lions stink out loud, but they're having a great time. You know what I mean? Like the, everything about the Texans just reeks of dysfunction right now. I
1: mean, <laughs> it, it's really bad. Well, they're going to be trading Deshaun Watson before Tuesday's deadline. By the way, why didn't you tell me I had forgotten to, update the spreads on the screen while we're streaming here i mean i didn't want to call you out you've already made several mistakes today
2: including misquoting yourself and then getting the spread wrong for the cowboys and the vikings so you know
1: i didn't want to give you your third strike and then you'd be out of here i'm having the carson wentz type game next up new england goes to la to take on the chargers last year these two teams played rj and bill belichick put it on justin herbert with a 45 to nothing whooping I love this game. I want to see what Herbert does. And I think it's also a nice test for Mac Jones too. I do too. I think Mac Jones is putting more distance at present
2: time. You're right. First year sort of thing. Um, But he looks like the best quarterback out of this class in this incredibly small sample size. And I think this is his moment. I think he was going to have the, his moment against the Cowboys and after the Kendrick Bourne touchdown. And then, and then deck Prescott had his moment. And this is his, (laughs) this is his moment. I, I, I don't know if I'm taking New England to win. I'm still undecided there, but I will definitely take them to cover. I think five is way too many. The Patriots are kind of getting right. Not like to Patriot right, but they're they're stable. This is the most stable
1: they've been in the post Brady era. This is exactly what you want to see if you're a Patriot fan, right? You get your rookie, you start him right out of the gate, and yep, you take some lumps. But what are we seeing now with Mac Jones? He's getting more comfortable. They're opening the playbook up a little bit for him. They're letting him be a little bit more than a game management, a game manager, excuse me. All you want from him this season is to be better at the end than he was at the beginning. And he absolutely looks like he's doing that to his credit. I agree with you. I'll take the chargers, but I think the spread, I completely agree. I think this is going to be a one score game. Very, very close. Maybe a field goal here or there, but it's a nice test on both sides. And then we get to this game, RJ. The Seahawks hosting the Jaguars. Seahawks are giving three points. I mean, (sighs) Trevor Lawrence, if you can't win this game, you're coming off a bye week. You finally got your first win. Geno Smith is Geno Smith. Like, Give the Jacksonville fans something to latch on to in this game.
2: It's never a good thing for the viewer when that sentence you said is applicable on both sides if you can't win this game because like that's the thing for like I guarantee you every Seahawks fan when Russell Wilson went down they said okay we got these games before the bye you know hey Pittsburgh is going to be a little bit tough but you know I listened to the look ahead so I know they're trash and New Orleans is going to be tough because you know Sean Payton's awesome that's what Rob Stats Guerrero says every week on the look ahead but Jacksonville like we're at least getting one you know like we're definitely getting that one game I I actually I think that the worst quality I talked about Ben Roethlisberger being that for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the worst the the thing that weighs a team down the most in this game is on Jacksonville side with Urban Meyer the Seahawks are really bad but they are not Urban Meyer's team and so I will take the Seahawks just barely because of that
1: let me just say The heat is on Pete Carroll in a way that I have not seen. Usually when a coach loses his starting quarterback for an extended amount of time, they almost sort of get a pass. That is not happening with Pete Carroll. Mina Kimes is calling him out, saying the Seahawks need to really consider moving on from him. If you go to field goals right now, our Seattle Seahawks community, they are killing Pete Carroll. I'm looking at an article from Wilson Kahn who said that he should be fired They actually have a poll up there, and seventy-six point eight percent of the respondents think the Seahawks should get rid of Pete Carroll. And if he loses this game, R.J. to the Jaguars at home, Seattle would be what zero and four at home this year. Like, is this the end for Pete Carroll? Could he have a quote-unquote retirement at the end of this season?
2: I think he very well could, and I think the Seahawks are in a place where, I mean, you know, you could be. Pete Carroll-less and Russell Wilsonless at the start of 2022, which I don't think was like inconceivable, um, certainly when this season began. But you're right. Like it's strange that it, it's strange that it's become incredibly obvious that Russell Wilson is the reason for Pete Carroll's success. And they're like, Oh, this sucks. It's like, well, that, this was kind of known. Like, you know, who who didn't know this? I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's it's and it's kind of weird how Pete Carroll's like fessed up to that. Um, all Good all friend. in all, the it's not even the vibes, the, like the mood is, is off in Seattle. It's been off for a while. Like this is, I I think it's so hard to call teams that don't win multiple titles, a dynasty. But I think you get my point that the Seahawks had this like dynasty like run, right? uh, That's a great, that's a better word. And, when you have an era, it doesn't just fall off like at, when at the beginning it slowly crumbles, and you you maintain legitimacy. And the Seahawks mm-hmm. have for a long time post Legion of Boom, but we're we're you know they're running on fumes at this point, and and it's about to come to a screeching halt. I'm afraid.
1: I totally agree with you. The talent there has been eroding since their Super Bowl, and it's it's over now. Like it is over, unfortunately for Seattle fans. The last game we're going to look at: Washington's going to but... Denver. The Broncos are giving three points. Like, what is there to hope for in this game? There's no young quarterbacks to be really looking out for. Like, what is there? If you're a fan of either one of these franchises, like, you're just rooting for a better draft pick? So we talked about Dan Campbell and how you said, like,
2: that's how you got to coach every game, right? Like, you know, balls to the wall, like, you know, go crazy, like, whatever. And Vic Fangio is like the total opposite of that. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Like Vic, Vic Fangio is like, we have to survive. Like we, we've got to run the ball. Like it's Denver is so boring and unwatchable. The only thing I know for certain in this game stats is that at some point in time, Taylor Heineke will be a quarterback that John Elway talks himself into as, <laughs> as, as an answer. <laughs> at, at, right. for The Broncos like, Heineke guy looked pretty good again. Yeah. Us. I, I'm that's the only thing I'm hundred percent confident in. Um, I, I think I saw you had a tweet about this last week on Thursday Night Football. I forget who you you quote tweeted, but Teddy Bridgewater, incredible story, incredible person, incredible leader, but not it as a quarterback right now. No. And that's just like that's that's this is this is so gross. This is such a gross <laughs> game. I mean, like, like, actually, you know, like we said about the Jaguar Seahawks game, like the you know, this is the if you can't beat this team you know game for both sides but this for both sides is the what is there to look forward to like there's nothing like these are such rudderless directionless franchises denver i feel like it's starting to become hip to people uh or more hip to people if not for a decision that peyton manning made this team would be they would be lumped with our stats like oh you haven't had any success since the 90s right like that's you haven't had any real run since the 90s but because peyton manning chose them and smiled upon them they had a nice little five-year run early this past decade and so this is You know, this is what happens when when you don't have somebody elite doing things for your organization. And that's definitely not, you know, who Washington's been for a very, very long time.
1: Do you think that either one of these teams tries to trade for a quarterback before the deadline on Tuesday?
2: No because I think both these teams like have convinced themselves for further options farther down the road. I think Washington still wants to see Ryan Fitzpatrick for whatever reason. Uh, I do think it's nice of them to see who Taylor Heineke is. I do think that both of these quarterbacks, Taylor Heineke and Teddy Bridgewater will be backup quarterbacks in the NFL for yeah. a little bit longer. And I like, that's like and right now. Like, yeah. We, we talked about Dak Prescott and like, you know, cause the, like a lot of Cowboys fans are, are all of the mindset. Like we need to you know trade for a QB two at the deadline. There's nobody right now that you can trade for but in the offseason, sign yourself a Taylor Heineke or a Teddy Bridgewater. That's the type of backup you need. Uh, but, you know, a game full of future backups is not exactly something to be you know excited about. Uh, do you think do you think we see a Drew Locke at any point in this
1: game? How could you not? That's what I don't understand. We know what Teddy Bridgewater is. We know the what picture. Drew is, too, though. I don't know that we do. There's at least some mystery there. I'm willing to say that there's a chance Drew Locke could develop into at least an average quarterback. To me, you already know what Teddy is. So why not play Drew Locke? Because if you lose the games, well, that's to your benefit too because you're going to get a higher draft pick anyway. So the Teddy Bridgewater getting the starting job never made sense to me. In a game like this where I don't even – care about either team i'll take washington just because they're getting the points
2: i will say um i'm gonna actually predict that drew lock gets in this game and you know why do you know why i'm actually asking i do not do you know his like celebration uh doesn't he do like buzz lightyear yeah he does the like buzz lightyear laser thing you're talking about the trailer
1: that dropped. this this
2: this is the week we got the lightyear trailer so how could it not fate has smiled upon you know we needed somebody to smile on denver broncos fate has done it. Chris Evans, Buzz Lightyear, or I don't know if his name is Buzz Light. It has to be, right? In the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. So Drew Locke's getting in this game. Shout out to Disney and Pixar for making that happen.
1: Pixar is making a movie about what the origin of a toy would have been if that toy was a real person and I'm sitting there like, shut up and take my money. Like cannot wait to watch this movie. Yeah. Next year your son will go as the authentic
2: Buzz Lightyear for Halloween. Not the toy, the person. The fictional that would be person. Cool i would, would be down cool. for that you can't be woody though because in, like woody's not his friend in that movie you know well, what i'm saying sure
1: Woody's the friend it, of the
2: i i sort of have a woody body like
1: that's sort of basically what so I look you're like. willing
2: to admit you have a woody body but not a luigi body interesting
1: i just don't know why you were like hey the italian tall guy has to be luigi you know i, just, I didn't even know you were
2: italian and you know
1: i mean my last name is guerrera I, did you I think know. i was french
2: i don't know i didn't <laughs> you know, I didn't look you up on like ancestry.com or anything like that. You know, I didn't know. All right. That's going to do it for On the subject of that, I, somebody told me to have penne vodka the other day. I've never heard of that dish. Is that like what? A, yeah. You've never heard of that? I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. Do you know is what it, penne is? I didn't. I've, I now understand, but I didn't like, I've never had vodka sauce like in oh. my life. Dude, like you haven't lived. I don't understand when people are like, Oh, yeah, I cooked the sauce with wine. Why, like, <laughs> what? Like, do you not have food ingredients that you can use? Wine don't is understand. food, you idiot. I, I've i never understood this concept. This, you know, I, I'm there's clearly a, a culinary gear of my life that I'm not reaching at this
1: point. Well, first of all, don't you need to come to the northeast and get your Penelo vodka sauce? Come to where the real good Italian food is in the United States, come over here. I'll treat you. We'll go out. I'll get you your pen vodka. We'll have some nice wine, some bread. It'll be very, very good. Um,
2: I will say I'm so last thing as we end here. Um, there are certain shows that I that are are, you know, holes for me in my pop culture, you know, arsenal. I've never seen Seinfeld. I've told you before, we've talked a lot about this. I'm I'm currently making my way through. I've never seen the Sopranos. That's what I'm hitting me after either. Look at that. Maybe we do it together. We start like a like a book club about it. You know what I'm saying? We we, we hit that, we discuss it. It'd be fun. A book club about a TV show. Or a podcast stats. Geez, since we don't have enough of those already. <laughs> Goodness.
1: I'd well, be dumb for that. All right. Uh, tell us what we're missing. If there's other shows you think we should check out. He is on Twitter at RJOchoa. I am at stats on fire. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. If you haven't done so already, you're still listening now for a reason. You must have liked something we are talking about. Please smash that follow button. If you are already subscribed, thank you. We are incredibly grateful for you. But if you haven't left a rating and review for us, please, please, please take an extra second and do it. It makes a big difference for us. Good luck to your Cowboys this week, RJ. I wish you well. Enjoy your Thursday again. I'm Rob Stats guerrera We'll talk to you next week. All right. All right.